Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. everybody welcome to episode 23 of the agree to disagree podcast show where we discuss news politics and pop culture i'm your host luigi c as i say every week we're streaming live currently on facebook at agree to disagree show and on youtube and this will be of course available as a podcast after wherever you get your podcasts including spotify and apple Podcasts. i encourage you to um write in your comments uh, just to say hi, any questions you have for our guest this evening. Um, so, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's guest is a credited actor, comedian, musician from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, his comedic style is quirky and wit, infused with his trademark facial expressions and great physical comedy, which has humorously earned him the nickname of that. Handsome, ugly face maker. <laughs> I love it. Without further ado, guys, welcome to the show. Live from Toronto, Ontario, Paul Loduca. Paul. How's Hi, everybody. It? Thanks so much for having me, Luigi. Oh, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Nice to meet your face. Finally. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually, hold on. Let me get this right. It's really nice to see your handsome, ugly face. Thank you very much. I try to make it one spectacular thing. You know, it it's, it's something. I see. I got. I have this. I have this nose. You know what I mean? This Italian nose. I can barely yeah. see past this thing. You understand? But I have to also understand. I also have to embrace that. You know, I. I know it looks good on my face. You know what I mean? So it's that. That title is about embracing your imperfections and just you know rocking your. Your geekiness, you know what I'm saying? It's very important. It's part of my whole comedy. It's part. It's part of. It's it's part of Paul, man. What makes you right? It's what makes us all. We're all handsome, beautiful, ugly face makers. <laughs> you just gotta let let it be. You know what I mean? I think the good with the bad. Paul, first yeah. of, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I was telling you off air. I really appreciate you. I've been following you for quite a while. Um, my you, pleasure, man. You were, I mean, I found you through the sketches that you were doing with, with Matthew Jafrida, uh, Montreal local boy here. And everyone's telling me that you're the Toronto version of Matthew Jafrida. So, <laughs> wow. You know what? I, I swear to God, that's that I am honored that they even, you know, say something like that in the same sentence. I, I, I love Matthew, man. He's, he's a, a gem, so talented. Yes. And he really, uh, honestly, one of the best, uh, best actors to like bounce off of because every sketch that we've ever done has been total improv we'll chat about things that make us laugh and then we'll just we'll just start the camera and we and we so anything you've seen has just been edited improv entirely just on the fly i love the sketches but i even love, what i love even more is the um the cutaways like the uh, what are they called the oh my god the name of it escapes me when yeah, the cutaway edits, the close-ups and the yeah, and the that's right. The the, the edits or the, the mess-ups of you just laughing your heads off both. Oh, the oh the bloopers. The bloopers, the, bloopers, the outtakes. Yeah, yeah. 
you know what? It's it's very thank you because I mean that that's such natural chemistry between him and I that uh, I I found you know normally it's really a, it's a no no to put the bloopers in the middle of the actual sketch that you're doing. But I found it so in, engaging and uh, such a, it's such a magic moment that I it almost made it funnier to just keep them in. Um, so like anytime some of us kind of break, we I just like leaving it specifically with the sketches I do with him. Um, so it's kind of like our own unique thing. Uh, and, and it's a great, uh, it's a great partnership. Anytime. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been it. a great time. But you know, after doing a little bit of my research about you, why mm -hmm. I really wanted you to have you on your shows, because I was so impressed with your, with your, your CV. If I, if I made your resume of how many hats you wear and how many different things you do that I really want to uh, try to go in a little bit into detail in all of those. But before we go there, mm -hmm. I just want to play a skit for everybody watching or listening. Is that okay? Absolutely. That's uh, cool from with me, man. Thank you. This is one of my favorite skits and, and, and I'll, I'll explain to you why after what, why Paul even uh, is, is glad that I shared this. So let, let me try to share this. Give me a second. You keep making faces uh, that suggest otherwise. Uh, everything's fine. You keep telling me to stay calm and that you're not seeing anything and that everything's okay. Like right there, we just, see, we just, we did something I had uh, for breakfast. Okay, so we need to change this, all right? Because what the words that are coming out of your mouth is not matching what's happening on your face, okay? And that's a little bit alarming to me, right? As the patient. What it's like on this end, right? Because you don't seem. Oh no, everything's fine. It's good. Did we get bring you some Oh, more gel, gel. on there. Why don't you keep this? Why don't you stop it? Do you see anything like out of your name? The doctor will let you know. I can't. I'm not at liberty. I'm just. Everything I can assure you will be at your doctor's office. You just wait for them to call you, which I am sure will be quite soon. I'm glad you like that one, man. <laughs> I know it's kind of difficult to see, but it's... <laughs> oh, man, I almost choked on that one. <laughs> that is a very true story. Very true story for me and what my ultrasound experiences are like. Well, I was telling you off air, I just had an ultrasound. And it's so funny that I, I literally, a couple of days in preparing for this this podcast. Really? Yeah. Yes, I, I, I saw this and I said, oh, my God, I got I to gotta talk to him to Paul about this one. I just had my own uh, a week or two ago and it's just so not natural. Like, and then, and then what, what really hit me is like, they're always doing these faces. They're not saying a word and you're looking at them. You're trying to figure out and then they're, oh, I can't tell you anything. Okay, could you stop doing the fucking faces? Please. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they have to work on their ultrasound poker face. That's what I call it. It's just, it's the most awkward experience. I mean, it's great because it's painless, but in the end, it's like, what's what's happening tell me what's happening please um and it's so funny because you'll hear the computer beep or you'll see like a big red dot on the screen and it's like what that has to be something right yeah. isn't it and then it's great that it's just, i mean thankfully you know for me it's never there's never been an issue which is fantastic but uh, in the end it's it's like still very nerve-wracking you know it, it, it told, so, so here's the thing okay i told mm. you after i had mine yeah. my young son seven years old was having yeah. a few issues anyway does an ab abdominal um, ultrasound, yeah. and so from going to oh yeah, he might have to. He, we may see something in the the abdomen. Uh, it's it's uh, it's um, uh, say gonfler in French. We say it. It's uh, oh my god, I, I can't find my words. Inflamed. Tonight. It's inflamed. Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, the surgeons are going to decide whether or not to do sur surgery. Seven years old. Going mm -hmm. from that call to literally an hour later, the surgeon comes in. Oh, yeah, no, there's, there's, there's nothing. There's no reason to do it. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> How did we go yeah. from one extreme to the next? Yeah. Well, it's good. It wasn't. He's okay. He's okay now. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's good. Good. <laughs> yeah, no, thankfully. I just. But the whole thing is just. Uh, that's it's very nerve wracking. It is. Yeah. If you relate to something like that, that's what makes it even more funny. That's what makes it even more. Funny. Well, I'm glad. It, I'm glad it connects with you, man. <laughs> I really like that. So, I just do the stuff that makes me laugh. You know what I mean. So if the fact that other people find it relatable or can enjoy it the same way is a real bonus for me. Absolutely. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. So Tom, I know this. It's going to be like a a pretty uh, general question, but okay. tell us who Paul Laduca is. Where where did you where did you start your career? How did you branch out into so many things? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Your your the beginning of it, the genesis of it. The genesis out of man. Since I was a kid, I've I've always been into drawing, and uh, I loved movies. I loved music, and uh, uh, I mean, anytime I would go to a, a sporting event or a concert or anything, I, I'm the type of person that just would. I watched the crowd more than I watched the event itself because I envisioned that it would all be uh, for me one day through something I love doing. And I want to I want to make this clear: everything I've made happen for myself because I've stayed focused on what's really important. Uh, and I don't care how cheesy it sounds to anybody else; it's the absolute truth. Most people want to do what we do for because they want to be rich and famous and all. Uh, you know, fame and and uh, money, hopefully, uh, are are and should be byproducts of anything you do in entertainment. Um, and for me, it's not about, oh, look, well, all this is going to be for me one day, these 20,000 people in this arena. It's it's not just about that. It's There's nothing more beautiful, in my opinion, than seeing that many people unify under one thing, like a band singing a song or a sporting event. And, and the, the excitement when somebody scores a goal or gets a basket or or whatever, singing the words to your song, you know? So, and the first thing of that when I was a kid was, uh, I, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan and and he put out a, a music video for Man in the Mirror, one of the most, my favorite songs of all time. And and in the thing it showed, it was my first uh, depiction of, my first imagery I'd ever seen as a kid of like 300,000 people with lighters in the air in a, you know, an out in Wembley or something like that, you know? And it was so inspiring to me um, and the real focus was, you know, when I just want to be able to do what I love doing and be able to connect with people in a positive way, that way. And music and acting and all of that was always my, you know, it's what I love. So I focus on what lights me up, not because I think it's going to be what everyone else says makes you famous and works and blah, blah, blah. You truly have to follow your heart with anything. So for me, um, I've constantly been able to prove to myself over and over again that as long as I focus on what truly lights me up, uh, I can make incredible things happen. And it's about not letting those distractions get in your way. You know, doing it for me first and foremost before what I think you know society or or the industry wants me to do. Uh, and that's where you start as a general answer. I mean, that's where that's where it all started for me. I just kept following the things that I loved because I hate doing things I hate. Don't you? You know what I'm saying? So like. Uh, you know, uh, so many people, famous people, you know, why feel it's something you hate and, and, and just, you know, try feeling it's something you love, you know, well, it doesn't, you know, failures are just a, a learning experience. You get to move forward. You know, I know Matthew is very much on board with that kind of stuff too. He's very uh, influential that way and motivational. Um, 
and it's important to you know surround yourself with people who are you know help elevate you you know and let you fire totally totally agree paul i love what you said uh, about doing what you love and now listening to the naysayers uh, I say I say this a lot, but I, I love that you just reiterated that and that you enforced it even more. And what I believe in is that, you know, some people tell me, Luigi, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You're opening up yourself for ridicule. Um, uh, why are you wasting your time? Guys, listen, this is what I love to do. I think that I was given a voice. Um, and you know what? When we decide to do what we do, what I do, what you do, you mm-hmm. always up for ridicule if you're too soft you're not going to get anywhere it's just a matter of not listening and not engaging to the negative people that's that's how i see it you're focusing on you that what that's the best that you can do it's there's no there's no reason why it even matters what anyone else thinks about it you know if you connect with people in a positive way you're not hurting anybody maybe you're educating them it's even okay if you have a controversial edge if you really will if it's something you love then it speaks for itself. Passion always speaks for itself. Absolutely. You know? So well said. So what what do you, what do you regard or what do you consider yourself as first? Is it Oh a, man. Is it, I think it's a good question. Uh, it's a great question. I know where you're going with that and that's and that's why I'm happy you asked that because listen, we're all lots of things. You know what I'm saying? In the industry because I've had so I was fortunate enough to see success in the music business. That was my first dream come true. Uh, and my band Neverest was very, very big in Canada. We became one of the biggest things around between 2010 and 2016. Um, Montreal was our number one support. Virgin Radio 96 Montreal was hands down our number one support. Played all nine of our top charting radio singles. And Howie D from the Backstreet Boys was our manager. And the Backstreet Boys, Montreal is what broke the Backstreet Boys in North America. Before America did. Uh, which a lot of people don't know. Um, and because they love Howie so much and and Backstreet, they they welcomed us. Montreal welcomed us with open arms. Um, and being able to see how the industry works and how people view things, you know, a lot of people don't accept people as more than one thing. But when you're an artist, you literally do everything. You know, I'm a musician. I'm an actor. I just I can't pick just one. They're all aspects of me, and that's why it's so much more important to just do you. You know what I mean? Put out the work that makes sense put out yeah. the work let your work speak for itself that's all i ever set out to do even the social media stuff when the band stopped five years ago i jumped right back into comedy and acting and tried to build something new for myself and all i cared about was just i hope that my work speaks for itself sure it sucked in the beginning it's not like how it is now but but it was way it was i was happy with it and um and i've even been able to revisit some of it and remake some of them and re-edit some of them and uh so for me honestly it's just somebody who follows his light that's I, I can't say I'm just a musician or an actor or comedy because all of it all of it is part of it's part what of makes me me that's a great answer. I, I, that's a great answer because I think when you're an artist like you are I think it's all encompassing all that and it's rare that you have someone talented in music in acting um, primarily those two as you are and and I could say that because thank I you man um, but first of all, we're not just going to slide by this music thing, by the way, okay? No, 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 I, I appreciate it. You know what I wanted to say about that, though? That what I meant to say about the industry part is that like, the industry only sees you, wants to see you as one thing. Like, we were a pop rock band, 
but we got labeled as a boy band. Are they a pop band? Are they a rock band? Because we get on stage, we rock like a rock band because we're all rock guys, but we played pop rock music. You know what I'm saying? And and in the industry, that could make or break a career when people, especially when the industry can't put their finger on you, what are you? And I think that's horrible because are are you entertaining? That's all that it should be. Are the songs great? Are the guys great? Is the show great? Why does it need to be considered a rock show or a pop show? You know, and those... That type of branding stuff, especially with Instagram and all of these, you know, kids in high school, they're, they're born into this superficial shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Excuse my, I don't want to say French because French is very beautiful. Um, but what I'm saying is, uh, you know, it's it's just important to like, don't let anybody tell you what you are. Do all of it. But that, But that's always, in terms of music, that's always driven me crazy. Uh, I'm a huge music fan, okay? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to label music? Why do they have to? You know, th- this is why from a young age, I never mm-hmm. watched any award show because they drove me absolutely mad, right? Um, I don't like award shows either. That's so funny you say that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I ref- Especially music ones, Grammys. Yeah. I can't even tell you the last time I watched one. I, I, I don't even know how young I was. I stopped That's watching. Drive me crazy, number one. Number yeah. two, labeling of, oh, uh, Metallica is soft rock. Or, or Phil Collins, uh, which I'm a, a huge Phil Collins and Genesis and Peter Gabriel, Absolutely. by the yeah. way, um, is, is, is whatever soft rock progressive. W- what is up with these labels? First of all, why do you have to be labeled? Like you said, as long as the music is good, what's, you know, why do we have to put a label on it? And on that note, what I, what I want to ask you, being in the music industry for mm-hmm. such a long time, what, what I'm not concerned about, but like, Growing up, my, I'm 45, okay? I'm not sure okay. how old you are. You look great. I'm 35. Thank you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up with with Genesis, with U2, with Metallica, mm-hmm. ACDC. I could mm-hmm. go on. I mean, the, the heyday of music, right? Right. Where Where is music going today? I mean, honestly, Paul, there's, there's not many new acts today that I would pay money for, which I love seeing live shows. Yeah. Mumford and Sons within the last mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love Mumford and Sons. I'm really worried about the state of music. Like yeah. you, you mentioned, know, you touched about before. I'm like, where are we going? Like, there's so many. I don't even know how to answer that question first because there's so many things dis- just destroyed about the music business. Uh, and I'm coming in from it from a, that level, which may not be relatable to a lot of people, but. Um, and as a fan in, in general, look, it, in my opinion of, you know, all that stuff, what you're talking about, that stuff was timeless. Uh, my favorite era of music was the nineties because you had, you know, the hardest metal bands like corn and Limp Bizkit at the same time with the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC at the top of the charts. It was an awesome time in music, uh, and with everything in between, you know, um, and, uh, but like, you know, then you get into the cookie cutter stuff and the bubblegum stuff and. And, you know, the stuff that's just watered down. Now everything, I think music is horrible. Listen, every kid now grows up, listen to hip hop. Like, I love hip hop, but a lot of it's just, in my opinion, just terrible. Or like, what is this WAP stuff? You know, not WAP stuff, like wet ass, but you know, you know the song, right? Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, that's what the song's called, everybody. Okay. Okay, Italians. That's what the song's called. Um, I'm just saying, like, that's what they're listening to, you know? Yet they're shutting down, you know old songs that were put out 30 uh, you know 300 years ago about you know christmas and blah blah it's just it's it's in a terrible state that way it's in a terrible state because a lot of musicians it, you can't you cannot make a living 
with music. You cannot make a good living. We had the top success that you could think of, and we had to stop. I'm not afraid to say it to, to anybody. It, the, the, the truth is always it just became financially impossible to move forward. That's that's unfortunate that's because it's 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 a business that that is not is totally undervalued because most of the people and you know listening or anybody everybody consumes music. Music is probably one of the most valuable things to you in your life. It gets you through your life, not just your day, Absolutely. right? Your most precious moments. But people don't want to pay for it. People are will so quickly snub an artist or not care who they really are just because they put out a song they love. Yet they'll go out and spend five bucks on a Starbucks coffee. Get out of here, man! You know but, what I mean? But this is the problem, right? Well, I just wanted to intervene there is because I've it's read a, about a lot lately. Is that if you don't get to that point where you could tour, especially now, forget about it now, obviously, yeah. but, but pre-COVID, let's say, if you don't get to the point that you could actually tour, because that's really, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that's that where the money is? Where your money is? Yeah. So if, if you don't get to that point or even have the, I don't know, like what's, so when you say, and I love that it's coming, you're coming from, when you say that it, it was not financially viable anymore for you, what exactly do you mean by that? If you could just. It means that you look, there's all kinds of ways you can get screwed over in the music business, uh, mismanaged. You don't make enough money even when you have a song at radio. Okay. Even if you have a banger like that, like an international smash, it happens. You need to follow that up immediately. Okay. And if you don't, there's nothing to guarantee. There's no guarantees ever, number one. But yeah. if you do are lucky enough to have a smash, like we had a smash out the gates, our song went to number one about us and it, and it blew up the charts and we were the next big thing. This is two years before the whole One Direction craze. So the timing was perfect, but it's so difficult to put out and then you're chasing success. So it's so difficult to keep continuously putting out top charting songs that you hope does better than the last. Okay. And on top of that, you, to put out a single properly to radio, it's like at least 10 grand to put out a single. Now, if all radio passes on that, you have lost $10,000 and have nothing to do with your single. Wow. Now, you only have a certain amount of money as a thing. It should be, you know, if you start making big money, which we were in the beginning, you recycle that back into the project like any business and you make it work because it is a business. Now, listen to these musicians who be like, it's not a business, man. Don't tell me what it's. Yeah, if right. you don't know, if you don't learn how to embrace the business side, the business side of anything you do, you're, you're, you're kidding yourself. You're not being honest enough with yourself because you can do what you love and get paid properly as you should. It just needs to make sense. You know, there's, there's, there's it we are we are professionals too so if a doctor's a professional and gets paid so well okay or anybody in between lawyers you know even a, a manager at mcdonald's okay you get paid professionally do what you do okay so do i i deserve to eat i deserve to pay my bills i live on this earth i gotta pay stuff you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah. so why shouldn't i be paid properly you know as an artist for my music number one for of course the merch and of course the ticket sales, but people don't pay for music. Now streaming has made it easy. Now let me bring it back to the positive so everybody knows. If you're an artist, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just. I'm glad you're bringing it back to the streaming because wasn't that supposed to revol revolutionize and make a lot life a lot easier for you guys? Yes and no. All kinds of stories that the streaming services are paying you a fraction of a penny per fraction of a penny per stream. Fraction of a penny per stream okay now if somebody only chooses to do music for a living first and we only get paid quarterly by the way so every four months 
Okay. And if radio is not playing your stuff, you're not doing a well enough time uh, marketing campaign online and you're not doing any TV spots or you haven't licensed your stuff to anything like movies or TV or whatever. You spend all that money for nothing. Your songs are out there. It's probably changing lives and doing what it does. And somebody's favorite song, but you are still struggling as an artist. So here's the spin. Here's the good thing about how it's kind of finally swinging back the other way. Give us some good news, please. <laughs> Hands down, the tic- TikTok is the way. I don't care what anyone else is telling you. Okay. TikTok is the way right now to for any business, especially musicians or whatever. I know guys, I've seen people who have properly marketed themselves, putting together their track, uh, playing it for them, broken down, and then putting out their own single, going to their own distributor, which you can do, mm-hmm. okay? And distribute it yourself amongst all the streaming platforms, and you hype that up. You build a following on TikTok, which is very easy to do right now because TikTok's algorithm is the way an algorithm should be. It allows multiple random people who may like what you do see your stuff. Like so if you, have, pardon, yeah, that's why it, it, Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram, and that's why Instagram sucks. Okay, yeah. now Instagram is a huge thing for me because that's where my big numbers blew up, but I. Still lose followers every day. Not I put out content all the time, but it's because the algorithm only allows seven percent of my following to see what I'm doing. Yeah. So I went to TikTok, and TikTok as a comedy artist, I have two successful pages on TikTok, hundreds of thousands of followers, and millions and millions. The most viral stuff I've ever put out, uh, eight point four million is one of my most viral videos. Okay. Okay. And I'm still. It does not just about the views. Though. I want to make it clear that's it's about the exposure you get as an artist of people, real fa- real people who like what you did. And the fact that it's set up so that you can like, follow, and share, and comment all f- without leaving the video on TikTok, that is the key to TikTok success because you can't do that on Instagram, all right? And, and for a musical artist in the music world, to have viral videos like that truly helps your streaming platform. For sure. And it's all—it's more at our tips ever than before to distribute your own music, produce your own music, and market it the way you want. Do the research you want to better your marketing value, um, and it's—and it's beautiful. If Neverest was still around now, which we are from time to time, um, you know, and we had the success we had, it—it would have been a co- complete game changer altogether. We still probably would have been around because we there'd be so much content so many so many laughs so many behind the scenes stuff like it's it's never been better for an artist to give themselves a fighting chance it's still very hard to make a good buck but you've never had more of a fighting chance than you do right now as a musical artist and any type of creator online so So. here's here's i mean i'm glad that this it is getting a little bit easier uh because i've for the longest time have um purchased whether purchasing cds if yeah me too yeah me too subscribing to apple music to to buying albums even before there was apple music and i would buy my albums even though i had all the cds for example genesis but i bought all of their 20 something uh um albums all phil collins all peter gabriel uh, uh mumford and sons i had bought all and then apple music came out with their ten dollars a month so i, I even pay that monthly but i had yeah. already all of these things but i want to go back to to what you said before something which is which is a, a great point i want to get your take on this is you know i i relate you said you always have to constantly follow up with another hit 
Okay. Yeah. I relate this back to the same way as a publicly traded company that mm-hmm. every year has to keep breaking records and, yeah. and, and to infinity, which is not yeah. feasible. Right, right. Well, I'm, I'm a big enough music fan to know that you as a musician, for example, you cannot constantly come up with amazing music. It's, it's very difficult to have a hit unless you're unless you're uh, um you know there's many uh oh my god i can't believe his name is slipping me uh max the guy who does it he did all the backstreet songs britney and sync uh max martin um he he is he is a professional songwriter right and and that's and that's somebody people just have that gift everything they do david foster another one you know we were fortunate enough to work with him too there's there's lots of these people who have found a way to do that, but it's still very difficult, of course, to write a smash, you know, over the same four chords. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and I come from the heavy metal world, the 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 pop world, and the you know the R and B side of things. Um, so I, I truly appreciate music. I clearly you do too. You're a fan of music, um, and I'm a huge fan too of of so many things. Uh, you know, uh, but as far as the future of what music is now because i know it might be in a weird place right now i think it's actually in a better place because finally a lot of singer songwriters are having their day in the sun <clears throat> like i believe i know i don't know if you're a sean mendez fan i know he's got a lot of pop stuff but yeah. that kid can play man he can play he can sing and he's a true musician of course he's from uh, pickering you know what i mean and uh you know and bieber can sing too let's not get it twisted right bieber is bieber because for, for good reason, not just because he's some marketing success, you know, uh, just to sh- shut those things down. And, you know, another thing I want to talk about as far as the band stuff goes is, you know, I'll fight anybody about this. Uh, <laughs> bands, bands like Nickelback are successful for a reason. They, we're we're going to go to the Nickelback. <laughs> oh, we're going. If you don't want to go, we don't have to go. It's your show. Because I'm, I'm, I'm completely, I'm enthralled and completely. I, I, just I know you are. I know. Get this. Everybody's gears. But, but, but before, I'll explain. Okay, yeah. Let, let's go. Yeah. Let's let's no no. Let's go into that. You're the guest. You you choose. No no. What, just why is this love and complete hate for Nickelback? Because people love to hate what does well. People suck, man. You know, for the most part, you know they 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 love they they want to root for the underdog. And then when the underdog is finally on top, they don't want to root for him anymore. Come on, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's this this band, first of all, one hands down one of the best live shows you could ever see. People think that Nickelback is just the radio tunes they hear. Nickelback is a hard rock metal band. Yeah. If you buy any Nickelback record, it has the most awesome guitar riffs, awesome driving energy. They're hard rock songs. They have something for everybody. And they're yeah. not only are they a Canadian band, but they were able to break the barrier worldwide as a business. That is, as an artist, you want this. They can eat their families, 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 families can eat forever because they of their success. Okay, and and it's it, people don't give it a chance. And now, what's so funny is I have a, a much younger brother. He's like uh, twenty two, and now his era is finally coming back around to loving Nickelback songs again. They sing it at their parties. You know what I mean? Whereas people for our age, you saw in the middle, everybody loved to everybody loved to hate Creed when they were the biggest thing in the world. Everybody loved to hate Limp Biscuit, even though they're the biggest thing in the world. Okay, uh, Justin Bieber, same thing, and Nickelback number one. There is there is no justified hate. 
for Nickelback. And let me just say that they're some of the nicest guys in the industry. I heard. And, th- and that's, that's them doing what they love, man, for a living. How can you knock anybody for that? Why uh, hate on it? I, I don't. I'm not one. I just never understood this hate. I'm like, you said it perfectly. Maybe it's just a matter of, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just, one of my I, good buddies here, you want to see this? Yeah, yeah. It went the lyrics that I hate about Nickelback. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't need to listen to them if you don't like them. I'm just saying, I'm not, you know, I'm talking more about people who just blindly throw hate for the, by the way, I can't believe your friend just said that with all due respect, of course, because his, you know, kids or whatever are growing up listening to what Cardi B is singing. Go look at those lyrics. That That is what your little one is singing. You know what I'm saying? I know. But you know what? I know him. Uh, he's actually, we saw the Tragically Hip live yeah. with, with my buddy Tony, uh, live up north in Bourbon Street uh, under yeah. the stars. I'll never forget that that night. One of the greatest nights of my life. Anyway, that's just a little side note. So yeah, he, Tony knows his music. Trust me. He's, he's, <laughs> I know, but you can't talk to me about sexual innuendos when, when Cardi B can put out stuff like that and it's okay. Yeah, let's let's not get into that. But what I'm yeah. going to ask you, maybe it's a little bit of a controversial thing. Having considering myself a huge music fan. I consider, okay, b- before I ask you this question, did you write your own music? Yeah, we wrote our, but everything's a collaboration. We wrote, we had, we, we wrote with our producer, another writer that we have that was in the business. Everything is a collaborative effort, much like a sketch comedy is. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So here's where I'm, where I'm going with this. And I want to know your take. Yeah. You mentioned singer songwriters before. Mm-hmm. I will not listen to somebody or be a fan of if they don't write their own music. I don't, I don't consider them a true musician if they don't write their own music. Well, then you have the wrong perspective, my friend. It is, it is, it is not about, it is, it is all about collaborating and being able to um, uh, properly structure your work. Just because somebody else maybe had a hand in helping write something doesn't at all make you any less of an artist it doesn't at all make you give you any less of a value as a musician because you are trying to come up with the best song that you possibly can now you're always going to have your b-side track your track sevens your track six okay if that's untouched and only you wrote it amazing but there's always every one of your bands by the way your peter gabriel's your this and that, blah, 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 they all had a hand but all of them collaborated with somebody the guns any of the metal hair metal bands people write for other people can i can i rephrase i'm going to rephrase my 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 comment okay collaborations are fine because i know that the the majority of the writing came from i mean i look at the the lyrics and who was credited for it and it's always the people that i love and it's it's either a collaboration within the group or you know for example in metallica's uh, case it's 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 uh, it's the lars and and the the lead singer mostly uh in, in genesis uh as i said it's the three of them little collaboration amongst the three um Rupert and sons it's all it's all four or five of them right so and yes of course there are collaborations but i'm saying is that when you really don't write at all your own music and there's plenty of those right paul well uh, just so you know, some of the biggest names in the world, like Bruno Mars, wrote for other people before he got his break. Yeah. And those people aren't any less talented if they brought the correct life to those lyrics and that song. My singer in Nevers has written for many other people, um, like for them, as them. And it's and 
they're the ones that got that brought it to life properly. You're still you're birthing something, if you will. A lot of people don't see it this way, but they're like your babies, okay? Uh, and at the same time, if you can do a song as an artist now, okay? I don't know if you're an artist, but if as an artist, you still need to get your foot in the door. And there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of compromise, okay? Now, you, I'm not saying to compromise everything and totally do something you hate. But if there is something that fits you better, it's the life that you bring to it. I didn't have a hand in writing every song in Neverest. A lot of it was my singer. A lot of it is our producer. I definitely contribute to many of the songs. But when I go out there and play those songs, I am bringing life to it. People who are watching us fall in love to how I perform it, how I sing it, how weird. I, it's you have to be able to adapt and take. And maybe it's because I'm an actor too. You know, you really learn how to embody a piece of work or a story and tell it and paint it with the right palette. If you understand what I'm saying, I, I, and I, yeah, I understand what you mean about that because you know I used to be of that mind too when I was younger because it's kind of a, in my opinion again, this is not to jab you or anything but it's 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 a naive opinion because it you that's how a lot of artists get stuck where they are man you know i used to say i used to guys we we grew up playing with on on toronto's you know local music scene back in the day a lot of them got stuck playing this one street for the rest of their lives they're like no man i'm not gonna have producers coming in and write our stuff man i'm just gonna play the stuff well listen man if your stuff sucks and it's not working it's okay if it sucks you need to do something to better yourself. As we said at the beginning of this, you need to surround yourself with people who help you grow, people who do things better than you. That, and as an artist, it would be a producer, better musicians in your band, better songwriters to help you become the best songwriter that you can be. So yeah. a lot of times, if you ever hear a story of somebody who maybe didn't write their stuff, like some of the pop pop, you know, Taylor Swift writes a lot of her stuff for anyone that you derived that example from, they it's not that they don't write at all it's just you know some things they had to do to get them in the door maybe a katy perry song worked better for taylor swift maybe the other way around bruno mars wrote for everyone before his own stuff came out and you don't even know you would think it's like you know but there's no shame in it man and with the sooner that as an artist the sooner you learn that and embrace that big things will happen for you more will happen for you anyways i think it was it's just more of a for me being, I'll call it. I don't want to make myself sound like an aristocrat or a purist of music. For no, example. you're not. You're, it's your opinion. It's all good. Yeah. It, it, just my opinion is that for me, I've chosen the 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 singer songwriters, the ones that 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 will write their own music. Because for me, you know, like my 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 eleven year old that's that's yeah. next to me actually. He's he, he next to you. Tell him I say hi. It is Alessio. Unless you're bello nice and beautiful name, I like it. Paul says hi, by the way. Um, <laughs> is is I, I try to tell him, he says, you know, Daddy, why do you love this song so much? I'm like, listen to the lyrics, listen to the words. It's like a song. Right. And okay. and it's 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 like a poem. And and um right. for me, you, something else you said at the beginning was like it for me, every song I hear transports me to a certain time in my life for Gradu sure graduation night the night my yeah. mom died um whatever the the, the day that we buried a, a good friend of mine at, at a very young age uh, yeah. my wedding day i it brings me back to a to 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 an era and it why is it because the lyrics that really hits home to me yes of course the music 
right the lyrics right those words to life but for me it's the lyrics before the music well for me i I totally understand that but the lyrics remember life need to be brought to the lyrics just like life need to be brought to the words on a page of a script Hmm. okay yeah an actor an actor the, a script is just a blueprint. It's just a treasure map. It's the actor that brings life to it. Robert De Niro, one of your favorite actors, whatever. They bring life. They may not have been able to deliver it uh, the way you know Johnny Depp would deliver it differently from Robert De Niro. You know what I'm saying? So whatever singer you fell in love singing those lyrics to you, if you did not feel the heart and the cry in their voice, those lyrics would have never, ever hit your hit your heartstring. You know what? I, you see, this is all. This is why I love doing this show because sometimes. Somewhere down the line, I guess could get through my heart Sicilian head. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm happy. I appreciate you being open. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so, but but this is this is just how I see it because what I look for, man, is not judgment of people because I don't know them. No. Just because you didn't write your own song, I don't know your story, man. You know that's just from where I come from. But if you sang me something, whether you wrote it or not, and I felt that shit, you know what I'm saying. True. that's the real stuff that the connection the life behind it you know what i'm saying that's the heart and if your favorite singer is uh phil collins and he's singing a, something that his fucking drummer wrote you know what i'm saying it's 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 phil it's phil that's bringing it to life you know yeah. neil pert wrote neil pert wrote all of russia's songs yes. if i'm not if, if i'm not mistaken right uh, that's getty lee singing it yeah the, the, majority, the majority of it was neil yeah Right. So whichever one, it's it's, it's probably your favorite one still were wrote by written by him, but he can't sing like Getty. You True. know? So True. so it's in turn that's why music is so beautiful. The the best songs are not only the melodies, it's the singer who's bringing it to you, the lyrics of course, and the overall ambience of what's happening, you know, the the musicianship. Um and that's uh that's how I <laughs> You I see, hope I can open your mind to that type of, kind of perspective of it because you have, you have because what really hit home is that Johnny Depp, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino could only be as good as a screenplay, right? If the screenplay sucks, okay, but that's also not what I meant. I you kind of got that's also true. What I mean is that anybody can look at pretend, listen, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, they're only getting good screenplays, okay? So sure. let's say the screenplay is great, okay? We're not talking about the writer of the screenplay. Okay, I'm talking about whoever wrote the screenplay. Okay, fine, but I'm talking about the life that a certain actor. the 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 analogy is a singer who did not write the material, bringing the material the life that it needs. Yeah, that's why they cast to find the best actors for something that someone else wrote. Robert De Niro didn't write that. Sure. You know what I'm saying? That's the same thing in a singer. So when you see a singer-songwriter that you see that they didn't write anything, listen to if you can feel their heart in their voice. Who? That, no, right. it, what that makes me think of, um, oh man, like Bruno Mars. Yeah. Um, he was a huge, he's written for Rihanna, for all the huge stars, and then had his own band with that had hits as well. And see, oh. I, uh, One Republic, Ryan, I, Ryan Tedder. Yeah. You're, you're on, you're on, you're on the ball tonight, Paul. I love it. Yeah. Um, so here he is. No one knew like, who's, who's this guy, but I love this song. Then you look right. at him like, Oh my God, this guy's written literally at that point, I think was like, he had like 15 number one hits that he had written Yeah. or he even came out with Run Republic. He's one of those guys that just bangs him up. But now tell me something. Do you think any less of Rihanna 
now that you know whatever song he wrote for her. Because when you first heard it, you didn't know who wrote it. You just heard Rihanna singing it. And if you liked it, you liked it because Rihanna was singing it. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Rihanna or any other artist. Yeah. For me, it's okay. But I won't go out of my way to listen or even pay to see her in concert. For me... Well, so that's a different... Yeah, I'm talking about bands you like, let's say. Let's yeah. say if it's a band, that's fine. Because it's, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But I mean, like, if Phil Collins sang a song that Ryan Tedder wrote, yeah. okay? You'd probably still be very turned on. You wouldn't think any less of Phil. No. And you shouldn't. No. You know, and that's and that's the thing. You know, at, at some point, uh, some forty-one even wrote a, a Motley Crue track. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if I die tomorrow, it's called. Uh, Luca, good friend of mine, says Prince wrote for tons of people. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Luca. Totally. Luca. I can't. I can't see who's writing. By the way, just when you put it up, I could see it. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, I'll just, uh, Luca also wants to know uh, who wrote for Vili Manili. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Any idea, Paul? Uh, I don't know the name. I know uh, someone else did though. Uh, that was it, but that's a blunder. They, I feel sorry for them because they they were they were pushed. They, if you look into their story, it's very sad. <laughs> I know. Uh, yes, and it ended really sad. Um, yes. Really yeah. But, um, so what I, I wanted to touch this. Okay, now guys, mm -hmm. whoever's listening or watching, any of my friends, I don't care. Make fun of me. All right. No. I no. love Backstreet Boys, and yes, I want to see them in concert. Okay. Yep. I'll, I'll let me tell you. You tell me. Finish. I'm gonna tell All you. Right. I make you feel better. I love them. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, I'm There's a rock. Not to. I'm a yeah. classic rock guy. But you know what? I like Backstreet Boys. So when I read that you that you toured with them, I, I couldn't mm. believe it. And I said, Oh my god, I'm gonna have to ask him. That I couldn't believe it either. Uh, <laughs> what, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> it, it, it was it was uh, because you know I was just beside myself. You know I grew up listening to everything. Like I'm a musician. I love it. Uh, that tour was with New Kids on the Block and Backstreet Boys, by the way. And I had older girl cousins who were into New Kids on the Block. So New Kids on the Block was actually my first concert ever. I was five years old, uh, and because we went with my older girl cousins, you know, it's it was just the hottest thing, and it was like cool. You know, I really liked them. You know. Um, and, uh, because a song's a song is a song, a great song is a song you're singing. When you're singing a Backstreet Boys song, you're singing a Max Martin song, but the Backstreet Boys nail it. Okay. Now, when I first met Howie, okay, again, remember in Neverest, we were all hard rock guys before we tried it. Wasn't working with the hard rock. We wanted to grow and expand as artists, not sell out, grow and expand. Okay. Okay. There's a difference. There is a difference, right? Uh, we love pop music. We all grew up on, on Prince and, and Michael Jackson as well, right? That's great pop music. Perfect example. So, so which has rock elements. So um, when I first finally saw a Backstreet Boys show, which was the very first night we also met Howie, I was blown away. I, I You let go of all the silly, naive, ignorant, I'm a guy, I shouldn't like the Backstreet Boys, and blah, 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 all that bullshit, okay? And you watch what these grown men are doing and they're dancing perfectly on point and singing their hearts out perfectly on point. And then they'll break it down and they'll sing for you acapella. They're the, the godfathers of that stuff for, for, for perfect five part harmony. And my band was known for our four part harmony. So I love harmony, right? And what we do, these guys are the real deal and we're the real deal and we'll still be the real deal for so many reasons 
And people, like I just said, it's the same blind hate and rage towards bands like Nickelback and whatever gets big. You know, they don't understand it. They don't take a second to. They just do it because uh, whoever they think is cool doesn't think it's cool. Yeah, you know, exactly. and and but when you're sitting in your car and that song, a Backstreet Boys song comes on and you're singing at the top of your lungs and you find yourself humming it later on. What's wrong with that? That's nothing. Nothing. Just the joy, the joy of listening to their songs and just, you know, and Louis feels G, good. I don't understand. How could you be a, a heavy metal classic rock guy and like this? I'm like, why? Why not? Yeah. Well, it, my, my favorite band is Korn. Do you know who Korn is? Yes, I I never listened to them. That that was what was that considered speed metal or no? It was like they're the they're the godfathers of new metal. They call them. They're like the whole Limp Bizkit era, Linkin Park. Like they're but they're the I can't even explain it. It's like hip hop infused heavy metal. Okay, okay? But, but they're not rapping. Like he's it's the lyrics is very intense. I'm using this as an example to you and your friends. Whatever, it's very possible to appreciate metal music or classic rock. And something at the other end of the spectrum, like Backstreet Boys. I could tell you a very quick story. Do you know who Slipknot is? Yes, that's 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 like the masks. That's yeah. super like that. You know, you think, okay, well, I was a Slipknot fan growing up too, right? Okay. But I grew up on Corn, Slipknot, Limp Bizkit, and then you know I had Michael Jackson, the Backstreet Boys, New Kids, all these, and Prince. But I was fortunate enough to meet one of my favorite guitarists in Slipknot, and of course, I knew I know the guys in Backstreet Boys. Okay. Mm -hmm who were very, very dear and kind with us and welcoming, especially new kids as well. Donnie Wahlberg, one of my favorite people in the world. Um, and, and, and I got to learn what it's like for somebody on the opposite spectrum, Slipknot, one of the biggest metal bands of all time in the yep. world, okay? Telling me what it's like on their end, telling him how I'm associated with the exact polar opposite of who they are, you know? And, and understanding the appreciation for what each other do okay and it's not just a, it's not about the politics man Poli people love politics they love drama because people are ridiculous okay drama sells and whatever blah, blah but when you really cut it down to the bare genuine purity of what it is we're all in the same game at that level i i had dallas green once sing our song and my singer we were beside ourselves because we love dallas green okay Alexis on fire and all this and at that point, too, we, we learned so many things that we're on the same field. They may be way more successful than us, but in the end, all of our struggle is very, you know, on par with what we did to get to where we're going, the industry and how we have to deal with the industry politics and all of that stuff, you know, the fans and, and whatever else happens. It's very complex, and and but it's also very sobering when you learn how it works. I think you guys could appreciate you when you take out the layers of all the different types of music that you're playing, but you've all had to go through the same path to get where you are. So I think there's that, that mutual uh, absolutely and, and um, you know, supporting each other. Listen, I, I know that you're not the type to kiss and tell, but you, you got to tell me some story, uh, one story of, of being on the road with two of the arguably biggest bands of all time. Yeah. You, you got to tell me something. Well, when you say kiss and tell, what are you talking about? Girls here? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Just, just, just. You gotta give. You gotta give us some. You gotta give us some dirt or something. I don't know. Paul. Oh man, I don't know. You know what? I honestly, you're gonna be bored with me because, uh, you know, honestly, we were, we were one of the most well-respected bands out there because we truly were not. You're not your typical rock star life, if you, if you will. We weren't drug addicts. We weren't alcoholics. We had our fun. We, we did every, you know. 
we, we enjoyed ourselves, but at the same time, we were always respectful and, and, uh, and we, the work was first. We had to be up singing. It's, it's, see, it's a privilege. Do you understand? Like it's a privilege to be able to do what we do and have the success that we had. Okay. So if I'm going to get up and do breakfast television, this morning, or ET Canada or, and do these and have to sing super early or do these things, that's more important to me than staying up all night and getting wasted. You know, I did that when I was 16, 17, 18, 19. You get it out of your system. But I, I wanted this so bad. Every rock star, that you, all of the guys that we grew up listening to, all those metal bands, they're like, as much as I love them, you know, a lot of them, they're horrible examples. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're, not, they're not role models. That's yeah. for damn sure. You know what I mean? They're all drug addicts. They're all lost. You know, they've all made it. A lot of them have sobered up and whatever. But in the end, I didn't get into a band just for that stuff. So like I said at the beginning, it's not about the fame, the fortune, the party. Right? You could do that anytime you want with anybody, right? It's not about feeling cool for yourself. For us, um, it so many great things happened because we we were so respectable. We were we were still down to earth. We still had a good time. We had drinks with the boys. We did, you know, we went to the after parties with them, whatever. But it's still it's still work. You know you what know, I'm saying? Yeah. So, but you know, a lot a lot could be said maybe for all of our my what I call my musical heroes growing up, um, that you know did did drugs play a role in writing some of the lyrics, some of and you know and I look back and what I do what I love to do is I, I, I Facebook post I just post certain lyrics uh, yeah. of a song and I just say how did they come up with this? So m like my point is how much has drugs or anything of the psychedelic drugs has played a role in the history of music. Oh, yeah. I'm not denying that beautiful music can come out of a bad trip or a great trip. or That's what life is. That's what the blues are based on, you know? The blues. You know what I'm saying? So, it, you know, the depression, whatever, it makes great music. It's not just about all happy music, you know? But even even sad music can have a positive message. You know what I'm saying? And and the lifestyle, it's, it's about not taking your your platform for granted, not taking what you've been given for granted. And a lot of these guys, they see the, the life and then they forget what's really important. I've seen guys, man, get just the typical, and look, you know a lot, I'm not going to mention any Canadian bands, but there are many bands being taken down because of the sexual assaults, assault stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It never needs to get to that point, man. You know? So, so when that happens, all of those skeletons in the closet, it's not worth it. At what cost you got to ask yourself? So for us on tour with guys like that, they're all the, the backstreet and new kids. They're older. They're married. They have their wives on tour. You know, this and that. They're, they're good guys. Okay. Um, and they were very warm and welcoming with us. And anytime that we did have a drink with them or we went out with them, they, they just, they let us have a good time with them. You know, it, it wasn't like maybe in the nineties, you know, I'm sure it was much different, you know, when they were at the peak and younger guys, you know, I get it. But um, there's no like, you know, one story that, that comes to mind just just yet because there's so many funny moments. But uh, there, it's not like uh, nothing, nothing so crazy. Well, you know, um, so, something else that you, you said before is um, constantly reinventing yourself as yes. you and after this, we're going to move on to something else that I wanted to discuss with whatever, you. Whatever you like, bro. I'm having a great time. But so am I. Thank you. And it's, I love, mm -hmm. I love it because I, it's the first long-term, long-format discussion I've had about music. And as you can <laughs> see, 
I'm, I, I can't even tell you how much I love music. Anyway, that's that's another story. I hear you. I, my wife and kids crazy. Um, <laughs> but what, something that drove me crazy, as I told you recently, there's one band that's really stuck out for me is Mumford & Sons, okay? Yeah, great band. These guys are just unbelievable. I've seen them twice live. They've just blown my mind, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you ever get the chance, Paul, live, they're just unbelievable. Oh, I would love to if it ever happens again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Great band, though. Beautiful lyrics, definitely. Yeah, the lyrics. I don't know yeah. if how they come up with this stuff. I mean, it's like Shakespeare, for, for crying out loud. But yeah. one thing that drove me crazy is one of their, their, their most recent albums is that they changed their – they wanted to change – their their um their style they said you know what the, the beginning of it was grassroots and with with the with the um what's the little fiddle called the the, the guitar yeah that's yeah what, i know it's like the folky type vibe and whatever yeah yeah folk, folk and that does then they, they came out with a with an album and it was more rock yeah and i enjoyed it because you know what they could still write songs i really enjoyed the album yeah it just everybody including the the um the, the, the music experts, the yeah, fans too, just shout on them. Oh, go back to the banjo. Go back. God, what is wrong with with expanding and and trying yeah. different things? I, I mean, do you think that they're always going to stick to the same sound? Did you two stick to the same sound all the time? Well, Did, you know, another perfect example. I love asking a question. And by the way, side note, I, I think it's awesome that you're so passionate about music. So again, I could talk about this forever. You're great, yeah. and your questions are great. Um, uh, let's take two examples. Nickelback again for one of them. Now that's a band that on purpose doesn't really break the formula, which is another reason why they get hate and I can understand, but their formula works. It ain't broke. So why fix it? It, it puts people know what they're getting when they buy a Nickelback record. Now, okay. I'll stop talking about Nickelback. Band <laughs> like Corn, a great example that more people might like and understand is the band like Lincoln Park. Okay. Lincoln Park started off with the new metal vibe. Biggest two albums in the world, Hybrid Theory, Meteora. And then they started getting a little bit more electronic. As an artist, and then they kind of stayed there, okay? Through Transformers, they did a little bit more rock. But the point is, as an artist, as anybody, all of us, we have to continuously evolve and grow as people. Your style changes, what you like changes, you know, the type of person you are changes. If you're doing it right, if you're doing life right, it should always be like that. You know what I'm saying? You have to be constantly, you have to have the desire to grow. As an artist, think about playing the same stuff, writing the same stuff all the time. It doesn't become real to you anymore. So it's very important. And a, a lot of bands, every band will lose followers or lose fans with each new album. Corn is a perfect example because again, they're constantly, they still have the, the their corn sound, but they constantly have reinvented themselves each album. You who don't know doesn't know corn, you might hear two songs think they sound exactly the same, right? But, um, but yeah, it's totally. I think it's actually a good thing that people lose fans along the way because it's not about them. It's about the artist writing the music. If it speaks to you, it's a bonus for the artist. Yeah, you know, this is not. This is. There's a difference between selfishness and self love. Okay, very, very two different things. Okay, and when you are self respecting and self loving. You do the things that truly light you up, that speak from the heart. Maybe every song, even though it's so personal to you, maybe it won't hit home with whoever liked your hit before that. And that's okay because it shows growth, you know. Exactly. Now, the problem on the other side of that where that hinders an artist is when 
you know, financially, if your album doesn't sell the way the first one did, you're screwed because yeah. the label's probably going to drop you. You can't feed your kids or yourself and you're stuck. And it's like, uh, you know what? Looking pretty good doing all those bubblegum shakers. You know what I mean? So, um, but what you're talking about, again, as, as, as I've preached through this whole thing, where is the heart? The If the heart is there, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And by the way, a smash song will be a smash song no matter what genre it is. Like uh, Gautier, somebody that I used to know. You know oh, song? Disappeared quick, eh? <laughs> it did not disappear at all. <laughs> okay? yeah, it, 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 quick, it, just... it That song, I don't maybe you haven't heard, so many metal bands have covered that song. So many pop artists have covered that song. Yeah. Three Days Grace just recently covered that song. And it's a smash across the board in any genre of music. If you can have a smash song on just your voice and an acoustic guitar, that song could be made into anything. Even death metal, it's a smash. I swear to God. No, I, I, I I've, I've seen, so, I've seen, uh, I've seen, you know, heavy metal bands remake some some songs and just wow, this is incredible. You know, yeah, like, even Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, they oh, they've recreated it. Garfunkel, uh, Simon and Garfunkel classic that Disturbed redid. I mean, it was just. Oh yeah, I just heard that too. How good it Beautiful. is. Beautiful. You know. Beautiful. But it, it 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 also brings me back to, you know, what I find. I don't know if it bothers me, but I, and I feel like I need to justify this, right? Yeah. I've I've loved Genesis since day one, nineteen sixty nine, yeah. first album. Cool. It went through transitions from losing Peter Gabriel to doing progressive rock, right. uh, to almost you could even say not even heavy metal, but progressive rock, like music, fifteen minute songs, epic songs, to to. The more commercially selling, which was the first one, Invisible Touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone would tell me, oh, you know, uh, don't you, you know, uh, your Genesis sold out. Guys, listen, first of all, they I didn't for yeah. 50 years, guys. Yeah. Do the math, okay? 50 years. They were 19, 19 when they started mm-hmm. their band, okay? Right, right. So what do you think? A person evolves. Do you think that their music is not going to evolve with them? See, this is the whole reason why, first of all, Peter Gabriel left because he was having, you know, uh, uh, arguments in terms of the type of music they wanted to do. But ironically, when he left, and I love Peter Gabriel, ironically, when he left, they had their first number one hit. Right. Why? Because it was more poppy, right? It but was- it was also more real to them. They didn't have the cancer anymore. You understand? And then Peter Gabriel went off and did his things and had his own hits because it was something he wanted to do. But their foot in the door was Genesis together. Okay. Yeah. And again, my, my band, I know not a lot of people may know our, our band anymore, but we went through member swaps too. And the other, you know, they were, they were younger. I was the oldest in the band. So it was, we all handled it differently. And uh, some of the younger ones didn't know how to appreciate what they had, right? Yeah. They wanted to branch off and do their own thing. And, and that's great as well, right? And then you see different success. It breathes new life into things. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe in the term selling out. People throw that around again because they're just blindly hating. They're just being ignorant. They don't know. Um, uh, selling out, the term selling out is literally doing something you hate for money. And guess what? Most people in life do something they hate for a living. That's fucking selling out, right? So, Perfect. Right? Okay. So music and Genesis, the only thing they're selling out is stadiums. So <laughs> Listen. You know what I'm saying? This is this just... What I used to do, and I remember when Invisible Touch came out, he said, Luigi, well, you know, yeah, um, commercially was their biggest album, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was their number. They had, I don't know how many number one hits. Yeah, I like the album. Is it my favorite Genesis song? No. I'm going to, I'll give you songs of Genesis you've never heard. 
What's right. your song? Entangled. I've never heard of that. Well, that's my favorite song of Genesis or right. Rituals or whatever it may be. I know that they wrote unbelievable music 50 years ago, 40 yeah. years ago, 40 years ago. But I still appreciate them now. They're getting older. Maybe they're getting less. You know, they don't have the energy to play the music like they. You know, I was looking at one of their clips from 1970 or I think it was 69 or 70. And think about it, guys. We had Phil Collins on the drums, which is arguably one of the best drummers of all time. Yeah. You had Steve Hackett on the lead guitar, which is again arguably one of the greatest guitars, the guitarists ever. And Peter Gabriel on lead vocals. Jesus. And I look back. back. Imagine if these guys stayed together. Yeah. It, 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 it blows your mind, right? But, you know, everyone has their things and everyone has going to have their different tastes and, and musical interests that, they, you know, that, they, that they're looking at along the way. So um, that's how I look at it. I mean, you and you said it perfectly. You change as an individual. You grow. Your tastes are going to grow. I could listen to Metallica. I could listen to Andrea Bocelli. Yeah. I could listen to Beethoven. And I could listen to Tragically Hip. All have great elements. I'm not a Metallica fan, but I do enjoy some of their greatest hits, of course. Uh, but uh, but I totally understand. But that's appreciate that's real appreciation for music, man. Yeah. It's okay if you don't like something. I'm not saying that you have to love everything. I'm just saying when you start throwing shade and disrespect, not you. I mean, when people start shading, you know, it's it's laughable to me. Totally, you know, even me. Like I, I was talking about rap music before. I totally can appreciate the art of rapping. I, what I don't like is when they're, you know, it's ridiculous lyrics and it's the same thing over and over again. But again, I don't know their story. I could just give my opinion and that's cool, right? But I also understand how the music business works. Absolutely. So if they found a way to make it work for themselves, I am so happy for them. Uh, we got Reno, a uh, good friend of mine, saying, Paul, you're a great comedian. Thanks. Reno. Oh, thank you very much, Reno. Thank Actually, you for laughing with me, bro. Appreciate it. A little shout out to, to Reno. Reno is opening in the process. Uh, they're going to do their official launch soon, a podcast station. It's a podcast studio opening up in Montreal. Awesome. Good luck yeah. with that. Congrats. Thank you for doing that. We need uh, more opportunity for people yeah. to be yeah. able to do what they got to do. I'm actually going to be doing some uh, some shows from there in the new year. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be filming this, uh, filming or uh, recording. Okay. Um, I agree to disagree from mm -hmm. there. Thanks, Reno, for always uh, always believing in me. I appreciate that, and thanks for for listening and watching tonight. Um, I wanted to touch on another thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> Paul. Um, I love your sketches. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank um, you very whether, much. Uh, whether they're on your own or with Matthew or with um, Stella, with Stella, yes. Thank um, you. I, I just wanted to ask you also with that uh, after, yeah. but what? I don't know how I can ask you this. Nice. You can ask me anything you want, buddy. Go ahead. I, it's it's gonna come out as 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 bad, okay? But <laughs> nothing against you. No. The content you release, yeah, is good, meaning that it's funny. The acting is good. The 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 lyrics, the lyrics. Excuse me. The writing um, is is absolutely hilarious. Uh, the mannerisms in which it's acted out. Now. Again, don't get me wrong. I understand no, no, no. that everybody has this platform today. Okay. Okay. I have this discussion with friends close to me. Mm -hmm. The amount of garbage I see online, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it drives me crazy. And I'm not going to say any names. I'm not because I'm not. Okay. Um, you know, it's your dream. You do it. But I just, I find that everybody has this platform now. 
and every Tom, Dick, and fucking Harry is trying yeah. out their shit. And what this takes away from, not takes away from guys like you and Matthew that are doing good quality stuff, man. Thank but I see stuff out there. I don't know. I don't know if I'm asking you a question or it's just a I, I know what you're saying. I, I can address it. For, hopefully this satisfies what you're trying to say. Um, listen, the, the odds are always stacked against you in life, okay? Yeah. The odds of anything trying to, you know, for people trying to do funny videos or trying to do things that maybe they're just not good at yet or, or whatever, maybe it's shit, maybe whatever it is, you know, if they're just, if they're trying to do something that, that they enjoy that they want to get out, if it does well for them, cool. But it's not like you get, it's not like the old days you get one viral video, you're a success. It's yeah. viral videos are a dime a dozen now. It's, it's, it's very difficult to make a living. Again, it's about how do I get paid to do what I love, right? Because I deserve to eat too. It's not about the money. If it was about the money, I wouldn't even attempt doing music and comedy. All right. It doesn't. All right. Uh, but, but with that kind of stuff, what I think it's important to do this is where I'm going to redirect your question. Sure. Um, what's important for an artist like myself or you or anybody is like what I mentioned before. You have to focus on letting the work speak for itself. When you tell me, you talk about the mannerisms I have, the facial expressions and the writing, I cannot express to you in words my gratitude for an appreciation for the fact that you pick up on that. That to me is already the most rewarding thing that you can genuinely tell me. And I believe you. I know you're not just blowing smoke up my ass. I appreciate it. Okay. And 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 I just appreciate you even take it, took the time. All my goal was, and this is what anyone's goal should do, okay, for, for social media stuff. Focus on the work, okay? If it, if it, if it's not real and you're doing it just to be another dating video or whatever, as blah blah, it's probably not going to hit. And even if it does, because it's that relatable and it's been done a thousand times, cool. And if you could do something more with that, great. But my focus always was I'm going to create a, a platform for me to showcase what I do best. I don't care that I don't have a million followers on every platform. I now have many more views, but I've put in five years of work. And just recently I hit 8.4 million views with one of my most relatable sketches. Okay. And even that I'm still, you know, I'm still putting out stuff. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you that, that it's finally getting the recognition. I feel that my work, you know, is finally being valued in a certain way. But in the end, you could put up something that has no production value. As long as it's relatable, it's going to go viral. Okay. But it, if people focus on staying in their own lane and creating something for themselves, despite the odds stacked against them, despite that there's so many people, I could have, my point is I could have not, I could have chosen not to do this just because there's so many people doing what I do. Yeah. You got Matthew already. You got Massimo comedian from there. Who another yeah. one I love. Okay. And I've done stuff with him too. <clears throat> many. Oh, he's going to, uh, he's agreed to be on my show in the new year. So I can't wait. Massimo is one of the most talented on the fly, incredible comedians ever. Him and I have one of my most viral sketches is with him. Oh, I got to check that out then. Yeah. It's called uh, When an Italian Invites You Over. <laughs> uh, I wrote that one, but he made it even better, you know? So, yeah, the kind gesture. Italians are the only people I know that can start a fight over a, something nice. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I'm not bringing yeah. anything. Yeah. Bro, what are we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you're going to bring something, don't come. You know what I mean? That's what we do. 
And then God forbid, if you don't bring something, you're you're talked about forever. I'm going to bring that up with him when he's on the show in the new year. Absolutely. Just do it, do it. I'll, I'll send you the link again, too. Totally will. <laughs> so good. Uh, listen, I, I think it was just it was just me letting off smoke because I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to be mean, but I just have to. I, I have no, to. It's. it's I, I get. I get it because it's hard to sift through. There's a lot of shit out there. Why does that do better than somebody who's actually trying? You know what I mean? I get it. Yes. But people, I think Matt's work speaks for itself. Ma- Massimo's mine. I would hope, and you, you know, you've. I, I, I'm honored that it has to be yeah, able to, yeah. you know, catch your attention and people like you. And it doesn't matter if you're in the industry or not. When anybody messages me or leaves a comment, I try to get back to everybody. Okay. Uh, because it's important to me to let the, to acknowledge that I appreciate them and the time they took to write something nice. The people who take the time to write some hate stuff have way more problems on their hands. In fact, if they were doing something that really made them happy in life, they wouldn't feel inclined to do that. So I feel sorry for them, you know? So you know, what, I have to say, I have to say thank you because, uh, you know, off air we spoke. I recently had Fred Rubino, a comedian originally from New York, now mm-hmm. living in Florida. He's got about 150,000 followers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I sent him a, a, a text, say, Fred, exactly like I sent you. I'm a huge yeah. fan. I followed you for years. <clears throat> he says, Yeah, bro, let's do it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for thinking of me. Are you, are you serious? Yeah. What do you mean? Thank you. But so I really want to just honestly say thank you for still having that and appreciating that uh, some small guy from Montreal reached out to you to be honest. No, 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 no. we're all nobody's small. Anything, you know. I thank you, you know, for for doing this. This is important. This is how I started with my bands that led me to Nevers. This is what I, you know, I understand how to appreciate it because I've also felt what it's like, and I understand the gratitude of that, yeah. and it's helped me build what I've built now. And, and people stop me all the time. If they recognize me, then it's like, it's an honor. If yeah. you had a laugh with your family about something, or if you shared it with a friend or, and I've been again, lucky to work with some of my favorite comedians too, that, you know, even, okay. If you want to go to the Italian side, you know, get, guys I grew up listening to like Giovanni and Frank Spadone. And, and, you know, these guys I've been fortunate enough to work with that are, that are, have been so kind to me and supportive that it's like, I'm elated just because <clears throat> When somebody you look up to or enjoy that you respect what they do uh, takes the time of day, I think it's important. This yeah. world has gone to hell in a handbasket in every which way, and I think that it's so important to remember to be kind to people and and make make people feel good, you know, about themselves and yeah, things, and you know? that's that's I say that at the end of my show, just be kind to each other, uh, as I'm going to do tonight, and. Um, I just, I've been so surprised that this is episode 23 and I've been so surprised by uh, the response that I've gotten some, from some people, local guys. I don't know if you know Joey Elias. He's, he's a comedian from Montreal. Pretty cool. big. We could, cool. He's a comedian, a comedy legend in Montreal. Awesome. Uh, sent him a text. He's, he answered me back. He says, yeah, bro, I have nothing else to do anyway because of COVID. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, he says I'll, I'll, I'll go on all night with you. I don't care. I have nothing else to do. So, yeah. So uh, appreciative and so amazing. And Dan Laxer from, from CJD, a local radio station, um, Anglophone radio station here in Montreal. I sent him a message and I started the podcast and I said, Dan, thanks so much for being on. I appreciate you. You, uh, you know, from, from a, and I said, from a nobody like me, he's like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. He says, you're Luigi Costanza. You got your own show. You're a somebody. Right. Uh, wow, man. This is so cool. Every, just- every, everybody's a somebody when they're doing something that, for them. You know what I'm saying? And I mean in the in the self-loving way, right? Not that yeah. I don't mean the selfish way that you're doing something for yourself, something you believe in, 
there's not i'll never forget one of my favorite quotes is by chris rock who who uh said uh you know his car used to break down on the highway all the time in la and no one would stop to help him and it wasn't until he started getting out of his car and pushing his car down the highway did people stop to help and it's because people saw him helping himself people want to help someone else that they see helping that respects themselves okay self-respect is so important the way you treat your body what you put in and what you do uh people want to help someone who's helping themselves and in turn it inspires them to do the same for themselves you're doing something for yourself okay i'm doing something for myself something i believe in there's nothing more powerful than that type of passion and belief because it inspires others to not be you not be you but to be them yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's the beauty of what entertainment is and should be, you know, uh, in anything in life. It doesn't need to be entertainment, but anything with passion done right is uh, inspiring on its own. So it is and worth sharing. And I think on those amazing words, that is a great way to end this show tonight. Sure, man. What a, what a great time. <laughs> Absolutely. Music talk all the It's beautiful. Oh, I, I just loved it. It was, like I said, the music, I could talk about it endless for hours. Um, I'm going to put in the show notes everywhere where they could see your your content. Um, is there a preference that you have or just, they, you know, I shared everything that you sent me. So thank you. Uh, I, you know, it, it, TikTok and Instagram, it's just my name at Paul Duca. And I have a brand new merch line out now. I'm wearing it too. This is one of my shirts. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's not just the uh, signature stuff like that. It's it's called paulladukashop.com uh, and you uh, can, I have a bunch of, you know, characters from my more popular sketches up there, funny sayings, but the brand itself is, uh, is the Handsome Ugly Face Maker brand and the Beautiful <laughs> Ugly Face Maker brand because like I said, it's, it's about embracing your perfections, your, sorry, your imperfections as much as you do your perfections uh, and, you know, just not being afraid to be silly and, you know, laugh. Right, yeah, so absolutely. that's what the brand's based on. Absolutely, and uh, it's all—they're all—all the links are in the show notes, guys. Paul, uh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas to you and your family, and a Happy and Healthy New Year. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank I absolutely you. loved it. And Me too, man. Uh, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks Merry for Christmas to you. Too. Yes, yes, and remember, guys, please. Please, Paul even said it, be kind to each other, man. Now more than ever, please be kind to each other. Uh, tune in. We'll be back probably next week, right before New Year's. I might have some great local talent on, uh, but tune in. Uh, I'll be making an announcement soon. Paul, if you could stay on, I'd love to chit-chat a little bit more after. Sure. Thanks again, guys. Have a great day and have a great Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.